You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopoly through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. All right, listeners, we're joined by Professor Michael Hudson. He's the president of the Institute for the Study of Long-Term Economic Trends and author of books such as Killing the Host, The Bubble and Beyond, J is for Junk Economics, and soon, Forgive Them Their Debts. Uh, Michael, uh, before all that, the book that really kicked you off uh, was Super Imperialism back in the early 70s, and uh, this was a book all about financial diplomacy and uh, the impact of the World Bank and IMF. How has financial diplomacy developed over time since then? Along the basic lines that I outlined, uh, the the dollar standard is now perceived to be an uh, agent of American imperialism, to make make it brief. Uh, And that's why China and Russia are trying to denominate all of their exports and imports in their own currency. The threat of American sanctions to try to destroy any economy that refuses to sell its mineral resources and its land to U.S. investors and refuses to back its uh, allies uh, has led other countries to try to develop their own monetary system, their own bank clearing system, their own trading system. And as I'd forecast in Super Imperialism and the sequel, Global Fracture, American economic aggression is driving the whole rest of the world together. First, it drove Russia and China together, and then it added Iran to it. And now it's added uh, India, Pakistan, uh, and the next uh, domino to fall will be Europe moving into the Russian-Chinese orbit, trying to free themselves from the dollar. My thesis was that the balance of payments deficit of the United States is mainly caused by military spending. The uh, dollars are pumped into the world economy. They're turned over to foreign central banks, which uh, are not allowed to buy American industries of, that are important, while America wants to buy foreign industries, are only allowed to buy uh, really government uh, government uh, treasury bills. So foreign governments are ending up financing America's military, surrounding them with the 80 military bases America has today. And the way to- 800. Uh, what? 800, you mean? 800, yes. I always miss the decimal point. <laughs> uh, the only way to stop this uh, foreign financing of their own uh, military encirclement is to stop holding dollars to stop lending money to the U.S. Treasury and to make the United States uh, finance its own uh, military aggression. Mm, This subtle subsidy uh, uh, that's been going on for so long. I mean, this is just this paragraph in super-imperialism. I just have to read uh, uh, to listeners. These then were the U.S. objectives to increase U.S. exports on commercial terms by extending dollar loans through the IMF and World Bank and by establishing a worldwide trend towards free trade to curtail potential political and possible military dislocations in Europe, to receive payment on its post-war loans to Europe, to maintain the gold stock as the basis of post-war financial power and to retain full domestic autonomy to follow whatever policies the United States might desire while holding veto power over possible actions the other IMF member nations might wish to initiate. 
Now, this is the big sentence. These objectives were obtained by the United States of the cost of a mere $3 billion capital subscription to the IMF and World Bank. What sort of return on investment has that delivered? It would be tens of thousands of a percent. The World Bank is, is basically like the IMF, an agency of the Defense Department. That's why secretaries of defense usually have headed the World Bank. Robert McNamara and uh, some of the subsequent secretary of defenses. The purpose of the World Bank is to prevent other countries from growing their own food, from being self-reliant. The World Bank will only make loans to the uh, foreign countries for export crops, not for their own grain. It will only make loans in foreign currency, mainly to uh, be paid to U.S. firms instead of domestic currency, which uh, is required for domestic agricultural credit and agricultural modernization. Uh, The World Bank basically has turned uh, Latin America, Africa, and Asia into export economies to serve the United States at the cost of their own impoverishment. And uh, to enforce this, the United States has resorted to targeted assassination for the last 50 years. They've murdered one Latin American politician after another. Uh, They've murdered thousands of labor leaders, land reformers, union leaders, economics professors, anyone who tries to have an alternative to the U.S.-centered world order. So basically, you could say American foreign policy is there is no alternative, and if you try one, we will destroy your economy. That's what is driving other countries uh, to break away from the dollar standard in order to become independent. Michael, I read a an astounding report recently that talked about uh, the Pentagon having never been audited and there being some $21 trillion that's gone missing. Now, when this organisation accounts for over half of all tax spends for the American economy, I just find that absolutely staggering. Is that actually true? Uh, Yes, it's true, and it shows that the U.S. and the Soviet economies are indeed converging. Uh, This is exactly how the Russian kleptocrats ended up uh, with most of uh, their flight capital uh, that was about $25 billion a year uh, ever since 1991, Uh, and uh, it's the same here. This money has not really gone missing. Uh, Who do you think is financing uh, ISIS? Who's financing the jihadis? Who's financing world terrorism? America is sending in uh, bubble wrap, uh, sealed large packets to uh, pay off foreign uh, ISIS leaders, terrorist leaders, politicians. I've been told by uh, U.S. officials that the way to control foreign governments is you don't really need military for the advanced nations and for uh, sophisticated governments, all you need is plenty of money. Now, they don't want to report in their balance sheet, we used uh, so much money to uh, pay off Afghanis, Iraqis, Iranians, Germans, French, Latin Americans, so it it goes missing. Because uh, if the people knew what the Pentagon and the CIA and the State Department were really doing, there would be a world revulsion. A revulsion. Well, certainly $21 trillion. That is just so much money. And then you go driving through American cities and they seem to be falling apart left, right and centre. Uh, public education dwindles. Uh, what is the plan for the uh, the everyday American? 
to get poorer and poorer slowly until there's a, a reaction. Uh, in the United States, it's not uh, our political system is not like Australia or European democracies. There you can have in the parliamentary system, any a number of parties can run and there's proportional representation. Here there are only two parties and local state legal technicalities block any third party from really getting on the ballot. Now, both the Republicans and the Democrats are controlled by the same donor class, the Wall Street uh, billionaires and the monopolists. And uh, they, uh, they get basically to fund the candidates that represent their own interests and to act as lobbyists uh, for what I call the rentier economy finance, insurance, real estate, and monopolies. So there's uh, really no way that even when you have the most popular politician in the United States, Bernie Sanders, there's no way he could have been elected because the political system is fixed. And that was why uh, Donald Trump was elected. There was so much of a protest of uh, uh, Democrats refusing to vote for really the neo-fascist candidate, uh, Hillary Clinton, that was running on a plank. Uh, she'd promised atomic war with Russia and bomb them out now before they can uh, bomb us too. Uh, there was so much of revulsion of her corruption, her self-dealing, the Clinton Foundation making American foreign policy up uh, for grabs. Essentially, uh, whatever you pay us, uh, uh, we'll do, whether it's Saudi Arabia against Yemen or other countries. The feeling of most Americans is fewer and fewer voters vote in every single election. Today in America, the uh, largest uh, primary day, in other words, there's an election for Congress later this year. In the primaries, you have uh, the candidates running against each other. The right wing of the Democratic Party, uh, which is basically a right-wing party, uh, has put uh, millions of dollars behind uh, right-wing pro-war uh, Zionist candidates against the Bernie Sanders group, trying to uh, make sure that there is nothing progressive, no uh, politician who would raise taxes on the higher income and wealth brackets, uh, no politician that was not committed to uh, endless uh, warfare and the uh, Pentagon budget that, as you said, turns into a great payola machine. How much economic pain can people take before they make the effort to understand the rules of economic engagement to life on Earth? You never know until they begin to fight back. And so far, uh, uh, nobody seems to be fighting back because in order to fight back, you have to think of an alternative and there has to be an institutionalization of uh, uh, people who have a different uh, economic plan. And uh, so far, the mainstream media uh, act as if, uh, as Margaret Thatcher said, there is no alternative. It's natural for the rich people uh, to get richer and richer. It's necessary and it's perfectly natural for Americans to live shorter and shorter lives. It's natural for suicide rates to go up. It's natural for deaths under opium to go up, the opiate crisis uh, that we have here. Uh, all this is economic equilibrium, and the equilibrium is that some people just can't make it. And in other words, these are the gullible people, more or less. In terms of these institutions then of the World Bank and IMF representing American financial diplomacy, uh, are you still satisfied that uh, that is, is what those organisations represent? Or are they representing the 0.1% uh, and beyond? Well, the 0.1% is American diplomacy. That, that, that's the same. 
American diplomacy is for the 1%. The World Bank and the IMF say you must not tax finance. You must not tax real estate. You must not tax natural resources. You must not tax any uh, sector that American investors own. You have to cut back Social Security, cut back social spending, spin off the public domain, turn the infrastructure that is government-owned into private monopolies and deregulate them so that they can act as extractive mechanisms sucking out the wealth of your countries and transmitting it uh, to Wall Street, London, and then off to the offshore banking centers that are uh, tax-exempt flight capital centers. I suppose I should have clarified that and said uh, with the international trade regimes that have been installed around the world now, uh, uh, really uh, American diplomacy represents these corporations. And uh, how do you see Donald Trump and some of his rhetoric uh, standing against this free trade agenda, which uh, really uh, is nowhere near a free trade arrangement? It's more a a form of uh, uh, insider protectionism. Well, America has always been the most protectionist country. It's protectionist not only in terms of tariffs, but in terms of import quotas. Uh, For agriculture especially, American agriculture is the most highly protective agriculture in the world. So Trump's rhetoric is simply for uh, the unemployed pretending that if he uh, protects a tariff for uh, steel uh, and aluminum, for instance, this will help uh, steel makers in Ohio and Pennsylvania, which uh, voted for him, and uh, try to keep them within the Republican Party. The problem is that steel and aluminum are uh, raw materials, and the whole idea of American protectionist uh, uh, trade policy was very logical for a hundred years. You want to buy raw materials cheaply and you want to protect your manufacturing industries and the monopoly industries, high rent intensive industries. They call it high profit or value added industries, but it doesn't add value. It simply adds to the price by uh, exorbitant uh, monopoly pricing. Instead, uh, what uh, Trump is doing is raising the uh, manufacturing cost of any uh, manufacturer who uses steel and aluminum. And what this does is the steel and aluminum from Mexico Canada and other countries is now flooding uh, the world market, uh, lowering the uh, cost of steel and aluminum to foreign manufacturers. So now their cars and uh, and, uh, beer kegs and anything they make out of aluminum and steel can undersell American manufacturers of iron and steel. So what Trump has done is essentially undercut American manufacturing and and accelerated the deindustrialization of the United States. That's his uh, policy. He doesn't realize it's his policy. He pretends to be supporting industry, but actually he's uh, he's uh, doing to American industry what the neoliberals did to Russian industry after 1991. Listeners, we're with Professor Michael Hudson, michael-hudson.com, talking about U.S. financial diplomacy and the state of the world. It's hard to really grasp what the next state of play is because the deep state network in America would be 
concerned about this development, do you think, Michael, or is it all part of the plan to uh, really desecrate the poor so that uh, the the last remaining public uh, uh, assets can be sold off and uh, these uh, fortified, uh, gated, uh, eco-village type communities can be established to survive the the coming uh, environmental challenges? I I think the deep state can usually uh, play either side. It can sort of go with the flow and uh, figure that it will come up with a strategy so that it can win uh, no matter what. Even the Koch brothers, the uh, ultra right-wing neo-fascists in the United States, they call themselves libertarian, which is the euphemism for fascism these days. Even they have come out against uh, the tariffs on the grounds that it's uh, shooting America in the foot. Uh, and they've accused uh, Trump of being a, a Russian agent. Well, certainly, if he were a Russian agent, there is nothing he could do to destroy American manufacturing quicker than what his policy is. As we all grapple with these economic problems and uh, the U.S. debt ceiling continues uh, to hit its roof again and again and be pushed further and further up, often you wonder if there's a solution to come through. Well, uh, you're involved in a group of uh, modern monetary theorists who believe, look, uh, we should uh, just print money up, perhaps 14 uh, $1 trillion coins, and that will pay off the debt, and uh, we can have a job guarantee on the side of that. How is that going to actually uh, help the poor? Uh, Well, the idea isn't to help the poor. When the United States issues debt, uh, it's not like you or I are issuing debt. If we uh, borrow money and have a debt, we actually have to pay it. The United States has no intention of ever repaying its debt. It would treat foreign country wanting to uh, turn its treasury bills and dumping them in exchange for gold is an act of war. It basically can issue as much money as it wants and nobody can do anything against it. Now, this is not inflationary of consumer prices because none of this increased debt is going into the uh, domestic economy. You just noticed when you come to America, you see the subways are falling apart. Uh, almost every day in New York. Uh, the infrastructure is falling apart. The bridges are falling down. The The country is becoming backward technologically. Uh, the money that's created, for instance, the $4.6 trillion in quantitative easing has all gone into Wall Street. All this money goes into the financial sector that recycles it into the real estate sector and into the stock market, the bond market, and monopolies. So essentially, this money creation and the government deficit is decoupled from the economy at large because the government is not using this debt to uh, do what people used to think governments were supposed to do, build up infrastructure. In fact, Trump's uh, plan is after uh, this November's election, he wants to begin selling off uh, the remaining U.S. infrastructure. The roads will be sold off to become toll roads. The water and sewer systems will be privatized. People will now have to pay for what they got, either for free or for uh, subsidized prices. Uh, The public transport will all be privatized with free credit given to the financial institutions that buy out this infrastructure and uh, with no regulation as to how much they can charge for the roads that used to be free, for the water and sewer, uh, for the transportation, and for the schools. The schools are being privatized. And uh, at the price of having to pay most of your income for the next uh, 10 years after graduation in the form of student debt, 
this is what's killing the uh, real estate market here because students and new graduates have to spend so much money for their debt that they don't have enough money to qualify for home mortgages. And so you're having more and more of the real estate in the United States pass into the hands of absentee owners, mainly hedge funds uh, like Blackstone and others that are buying it up, up as uh, uh, families uh, fall below the surface and uh, succumb to foreclosures. The Federal Reserve just did a survey and found that uh, 42% of, the, of Americans cannot raise $400 in an emergency. Now just imagine, that shows these are people who obviously are not stockholders, not bondholders, and don't benefit from all of this enormous infusion of trillions of dollars into the stock and bond markets. It's incredible, and the pressures on young people. Uh, uh, I saw an analysis recently that uh, there are now less people joining the workforce uh, than are retiring. Mid-2018 was that point in time. So uh, do you think that is going to radicalise the youth when they recognise they've got uh, uh, record inequality alongside the pressures of climate change? Uh, Are there hints you're seeing through universities that youngsters are really uh, getting serious about understanding these rules to economic engagement? I don't think so. They're not being radicalized. What happens is they believe the media that says, look, everybody else is prospering. The GDP is going up. Uh, If you're not rich, it's because something's wrong with you. So the people who are struggling financially to break even blame themselves and uh, they're in a depression. That's why they're taking uh, opioids and tranquilizers, because they think it's somehow uh, it's, it's their lack. They're blaming themselves, not the system. So back in the 70s and, uh, you know, through your career, you've sort of been a bit of a futurist predicting what would happen. Did you ever expect that the uh, switch into this neo-feudal era would be so rapid? Yes, because of the mathematics of compound interest. I simply did charts, and for years what I did on Wall Street was economic charts, and I could see how quickly the breakdown was coming. What I didn't realize was that the financial sector would be able to disable the criminal justice agency and to really make the business plan of American banks fraud. That's their business plan, fraud. Uh, in, in the uh, junk mortgage uh, crisis, the, the financial manipulations, uh, the, uh, the derivatives uh, crisis, it's uh, insider dealing, fraud and control of government. As you know, I've spent most of my life trying to warn people that this would happen, trying to stop it at the same time that uh, I've seen, well, this is the trend. Is there any way to stop it? Obviously, I've been unsuccessful. What would be the three recommendations you'd give to any listeners if they wanted to uh, really get their head around what's happening? What I could do in my contribution is to write my books. Uh, I guess the the two main books are uh, Killing the Host, where I describe how finance is destroying the economy. Uh, and J is for junk economics. So if you have a vocabulary, if you see how the vocabulary is prejudiced uh, to mislead you, to use euphemisms, uh, good words for bad policies. If you have the right vocabulary, uh, it will organize itself into thoughts. Uh, Other people who've written good books 
are my friend uh, Steve Keen in uh, Debunking Economics. Uh, uh, there are plenty of uh, books around like that. Just try to familiar yourself with uh, uh, the alternative media because, as uh, Donald Trump says, uh, the fake media are giving you indeed a fake picture of uh, how the economy works, and it's not what's taught in universities. Uh, you had a good teacher in uh, Australia, Steve Kane, and the response of the best of the banks there, and Australia is really run by the banks for their own interest and mainly for their bosses in uh, Wall Street and London. Uh, when Steve Keen began to explain this to the Australians, they closed down his whole department, uh, economics department. They had to pay him a million dollars for uh, personal injury and uh, prejudice, uh, uh, which enabled him to go on and doing the reading. But when you realize that uh, what you learn in Australia is basically academic propaganda for uh, the free trade policies and for the privatization policies that have destroyed the Australian economy and the New Zealand economy, when you realize it's all propaganda by uh, the financial interests and especially the foreign financial interests that want to take you over, then uh, you realize that it's uh, science fiction. It's a parallel universe. And who are you going to believe? The parallel universe you're taught in school or your own eyes? Yes, and that's always been the problem. Economics, uh, you know, there's lots of chatter about how uh, students aren't studying it anymore. And uh, for me, it's because it's become so mathematical and it no longer gives uh, meaningful indications of the reality we see in our lives. That's right. The question is, what are they mathematizing? And what they're mathematizing is the GDP. And the GDP statistics are so misleading that the faster the GDP grows, the worse the economy becomes. Basically, the, most of the growth in GDP in the United States is predatory. It's, uh, it's what the uh, 1% extracts from the rest of the economy. For instance, uh, the largest uh, imputed uh, GDP figure is homeowners' rent. Right now, rents are going way up in the United States, and homeowners have to answer a survey. If you didn't own your home, but you had to rent to yourself, what rent would you charge? This is uh, the rent they would charge themselves goes way up because they see all the rents around them going up. This is considered an increase in GDP as if it's output. And it's not output at all. It's the cost of living. It's the cost of housing. Uh, another fake GDP number is uh, uh, financial services. If you have a credit card and your uh, credit card rate goes up because you've uh, missed a payment, not only on your credit card, but on your utility bill, uh, your electric bill, or your phone bill, your interest rate goes up to uh, 29%. This increase in the in interest rate is counted as a financial service. But it's not output, it's more extraction by Wall Street. So Wall Street's takings are what the classical economists called economic rent are uh, counted as if they were output instead of at the cost of output. And uh, uh, their gain is what's impoverishing the real economy of uh, you and me. Michael, it's just incredible. We can have record low inflation here of barely 1.5%, but uh, land and housing prices increasing by 13 to 15%. Uh, there's something missing, and it's always good to have you on the show. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Professor Michael Hudson, for joining us here on The Renegade Economist. It's always good to be here. Thank you, Carol. Well, no surprises there. Hey, listeners, the global economy's rigged, our statistics have been doctored and our hope for the future questionable. 
what better uh, time to uh, get together, sit around a table and uh, discuss these issues. That's what we do on the first Wednesday of the month. Come and join me at uh, Level 164 Harcourt Street, North Melbourne. Check prosper.org.au for the uh, address there. Tonight we're discussing counterintuitive policy outcomes of Georgia's economics. It's a complex story, this one, but uh, so simple when you get your head around it. How can uh, Atlantax push down prices at the same time as encouraging greater densification alongside decentralization? Always good to uh, get together with uh, like-minded problem solvers. And uh, just put the word out there, next week is Radiothon week. Love to have your support. I need to raise $900. It'd be excellent to come in and see uh, that uh, they're already a number of donations on board so uh, check out the show notes at earthsharing.org.au I'm setting up the donation page uh, very soon. Alright, my name's Carl Fitzgerald. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, for another wild ride with uh, Professor Michael Hudson bringing you the edgiest insights into uh, economic warfare here on 3CR.